This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with fellow tech nerds, John Beeler and Graham Williams. We have an awesome show today. We uh, will uh, be getting a sneak preview of what's coming up for the Consumer Electronics Show. Uh, that's the big tech show. Happens every year in Vegas in January. We're all pretty excited to go. I'm stoked. Yeah, so we'll be talking with one of the folks over the Consumer Electronics Association Consumer Technology Association. CTA. CTA, yes, uh, about uh, what they expect uh, as far as trends to see on that. We'll also be talking with our good friend Ted Krotsonos about uh, Amazon really pushing hard into speaker and audio technology. He's uh, done a great review on one of their latest uh, models, and uh, we'll see if it stacks up to some of the other ones out uh, there. Great timing because it's Black Friday and the holiday season's coming up. We'll also be talking with Aaron Lawrence about beauty tech. Graham, we can make you more beautiful. Excellent. Using I, technology. I, we, we have, and not, not, not Photoshop, but we, in real life. We have the skills. We have the skills. Uh, let's talk about some of the tech news uh, this week. Uh, I guess what's been dominating over the past week is, has to be the Tesla truck or Cybertruck. Cybertruck. I so want one. Yeah. Are you going to get one? You don't pay me enough to get one. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that. This, this thing's kind of been on fire this week, though. Right? They took 200,000 pre-orders. So that's, a, that's 150 quarter, bucks a pop. 250,000. 250, no. 250. Yeah. Quarter of a million at 150 bucks a pop. Now, these are fully refundable. Yeah. Right? But uh, a lot of the folks that had ordered the Model 3, like they were, they've been sold through, you know, since it's come out. Yeah. Um, so, a funny thing, though, okay? Yeah. When the Model 3 came out, how much was the deposit on that it was like a thousand or fifteen hundred thousand dollars yeah it was about a thousand dollars give or take five hundred but the tesla truck is one hundred dollars right i think it's a pr move this is a hundred percent a pr move so you know you have this announcement and the big thing about the announcement apparently it has armored glass on the windows right and they 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 dropped this ball bearing on it a couple times and then they had somebody huck uh one of these large steel uh, spheres out the window and it broke it twice (laughs) <laughs> um, if you don't think that is engineered PR, I don't know what's going on because they spent $0 on advertising. They got a quarter of a million pre-orders in and we are talking about it right now. This is a masterful manipulation of the media and I love it. But the, the $100 deposit, it's much lower than the Model 3. I think they knew the Model 3 would just be their breakout right. hit because of the price. Yeah. Uh, with the truck... I think they're probably a little more nervous with it. You know, I, I think so. And we've seen a couple of really cool pieces of PR from them this week. Did you see the, did you see the Cybertruck tow and F-150? So Yeah. And Ford's asked for a rematch. Right? Ding, ding. Because um, they said it wasn't... Uh, wasn't a fair fight. Wasn't a fair fight. Because the Cybertruck is more powerful? Like, it's uh, punching out of its weight class? It's all about mass, apparently. Right. And torque and things that I don't know enough about. Right. Okay, so if we change the rules ever so slightly, we'll win this one, I swear. You know, here's the thing. Ford has the most popular truck in the world. The F-150 is the thing. And so for them to come out with this Cybertruck... And we, we have to mention, if you haven't seen this thing yet... Um, I would love to know which rock you're living under, but it <laughs> is... You've seen it in a video game from the 80s, right? Because it, it's all polygons. It looks like Tomb Raider. Um, it looks like Star Fox. Star Fox, yes. yes. It looks yeah. like Blade Runner. Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. And it's this, this, this angular design. It looks a bit like a DeLorean. It's made of the same steel that they're making the Falcon Heavy out of, uh, or the Falcon Spaceship, pardon me. So 
this thing is very, very different. It's provoked some very visceral reactions from people. I think there are the folks who still love their internal combustion engines. You know, they self-identify as, as oil lovers. Good for you guys. Keep that fight going strong on that one. Um, but, you know, we've, we've seen this get really heated online as people are like, it's ugly. You know, it'll never sell. And there are, you know, a quarter of a million people out there that are already lining up to buy it. It'll sell. It'll sell. Okay. Let's what, what, hang on. Yep. Yeah. The other thing that I really want to talk about that I actually was more excited about maybe than the truck was the little motorcycle in the back of the truck. The ATV. <laughs> the ATV that they yeah. have looks fantastic. Yeah. And don't you get exclusive access to be able to purchase one if you if you buy a Cybertruck? I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that ATV is awesome. Um, it, it's one of these things where like ATVs can be impactful on the environment in a couple of ways. You've got to use them responsibly. Yeah. But the amount of gas that they burn through is high. And so now if you have an all-electric that's basically like an escape vehicle for the Cybertruck, it's pretty It's, it's cool. like the Batmobile that breaks apart, right? <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this right now. Vaporware. Okay. That ATV will never see the light again. Uh, five bucks on that. I think it's going to show up. I'm okay. with John. I think it'll probably come with the Tesla flamethrower too. Yes. It'll be okay. built into the headlights. <laughs> We've got a couple of minutes here before we break. Uh, I don't know if you saw this uh, survey. Uh, Research Co., asked British Columbians if the province should implement a ban similar to the one that is now in place in Ontario, in the schools there. So from uh, K to 12, uh, uh, British Columbians feel that overwhelmingly 70%, which is about four and five of the province's residents, uh, schools should ban cell phones in the classroom. Yep. You think? Yep. Good chat. Yeah, yeah, no. but you know what? Okay, boomer. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like I, I, I look at this and I say, um, if you don't support this ban, what are these phones being used for in class, right? Yeah. Uh, my Game Boy was not helpful to me in class, so they took that away. That, that'll date me a little bit there. Um, but, you know, people will say, well, it's, it's a calculator. You know what else is a calculator? A calculator. So, you know, I want people focused on education, we're paying a lot of money for our students to be educated. So focus on the teacher. Now, if there is an interactive activity that requires a camera, or we're talking about something that is online and social media, sure, you know what, maybe we can break the phones out for that. But outside of that, you don't need it. Focus on the class. Should, I, should the teachers just be in charge of whether that I, I've taught kids at that age. Yeah. It's not easy. No. <laughs> and it's one of the things I liked least about it. I was lucky because I was teaching them about 3D printing. So they were generally more engaged in learning about math. So, uh, <laughs> so yes. I had a pretty good experience, but also once in a while they get distracted and they want to go off on, you know, whatever they do on their phones uh, this week, you know, TikTok or whatever. Um, but it can be really hard to, to keep a classroom full of kids engaged in a topic that may not be as engaging as it is to the teacher. Yeah, there, there's really no reason to have it. The same reason why you wouldn't have video game systems, you shouldn't have phones there as well. So focus on the class and let's get some learning done. We're going to have to take a break. When uh, we come back, we'll be talking with our good friend Ted about the new Amazon Echoes? Echo Studio. This is a, a big, cool, new, multi-room, connected digital assistant speaker that uh, you'll probably want to check out. He's uh, got a great review on it and how it uh, fits against uh, all the other ones out there like Sonos and Bose. Should you get an Amazon, a Bose, or a Sonos? Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio with John Beeler. We're going to talk audio now. Uh, You know, 
I, uh, over the years, have been collecting Sonos gear, which is like multi-room audio for my uh, home. But there are alternatives out there that uh, can offer good sounds and uh, maybe even a little bit cheaper. To help us uh, look at one of those solutions from Amazon is our good friend Ted Kritsonos. He's uh, live with us from Toronto. Thanks for joining us, Ted. Good to be with you guys. How are you? Fantastic. You have recently had a chance to check out one of their new speakers, uh, Amazon's new speaker called the Echo Studio. And uh, this is a, a beefed up smart speaker that uh, I, I guess I would say uh, would be competing with like the Sonoses and the, the Bose of the world. Is that correct? I think that's the idea. This is probably the first uh, Amazon speaker that I can think of where audio is a not just a major consideration, but actually a big takeaway especially when you listen to it. Uh, it is beefed up. You mentioned that it's beefed up. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's like mutated. It looks like a <laughs> mutated Echo speaker from the past. Yeah. And, and of course, that's because of all the extra stuff that they put inside, right? So, I mean, it's a very capable speaker. It's 330 watts of power inside. So, the thing can get pretty loud. And, of course, there are all the tech features that are inside that we can get to as we go along here. Uh, so from what I understand, this, this comes in around 259 bucks. which uh, for this type of speaker, do you think that's a, a good price, Ted? It's in the same ballpark, more or less, as a Sonos One. The Sonos One is cheaper, but the Sonos One is also smaller and is not going to get as loud as the Echo Studio. So you do have to weigh out what it is you're looking for, right? Um, there are similarities between the two. There is naturally there's a voice assistant built into this. This is an Echo Studio after all, so Alexa is a big part of the whole thing. Whereas the Sonos One gives you Alexa and Google Assistant all in one. You can stereo pair, uh, so if you have two Sonos Ones, one could be the left channel, the other could be the right channel. Echo Studio offers you the same thing as well. But of course, they're playing in different sandboxes uh, aside from that. So. Being that it's an, uh, an Amazon speaker and an Alexa speaker, it means that it can interface with other Amazon products. So, for example, oh, go ahead. Oh, Sorry. yeah. So, no, keep going. So, if you had other uh, Amazon Echo devices, this would work with it. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, if you have an Echo Sub. So, the Echo Sub was launched last year. That was designed to offer, uh, like any subwoofer, to give you a, a real oomph on the bass. And that's exactly what it does when you pair it with the Echo Studio. So, when you have... A speaker like the studio, which is demonstrably better than anything Amazon's ever done as far as audio products go, and then you match it with something like the sub, it's, it's, it makes a big difference. Uh, you can also pair it with TV products. So the Fire TV Cube and the Fire TV Stick 4K also work wirelessly with the Echo Sub. So you're, uh, sorry, with the Echo Studio. So you can actually use the Echo Studio as your TV speaker as well. Um, and uh, you can have the sub work with the Echo Studio while it's also still working with one of the Fire TV products. So you can kind of see how all this stuff comes together in a way that's supposed to be holistic. So let's talk about the tech inside the uh, the actual uh, new Echo Studio. Uh, is there anything in there that makes it different than its competitors? Yeah, so there's a feature in there called uh, Spatial Stereo Enhancement. Uh, and the idea being that the speaker is monitoring, it's almost like it's checking out the room that it's in, and it's adjusting also the music that's playing so that it's supposed to sound better. It's supposed, it just, it's supposed to improve the audio experience. I've tried it, and I've tried it without it. And to be honest with you guys, I prefer when, I preferred when it was turned off. <laughs> I just, uh, <laughs> to be very honest with you guys. Uh, I, I mean, the, I, I get what they're trying to do, and I think, 
and I'll get to this in a second because there's other tech involved, but I just found that music resonated a little bit more, especially with the treble and vocals. So if you're listening to music, obviously, that had lyrics and a fair amount of treble, so if you're, in a, you're a classic rock fan, a smooth jazz fan, something like that, it, it, it just sounded better when it was turned off. So I, I, I don't know. I think it's a work in progress. Maybe Amazon will make it better, but if I... If I was a betting man, I would bet on Sonos' TruePlay technology over what Amazon attempted with here. Do you think it might have something to do with the layout of the place where you actually place the studio? Well, no, I don't think so, uh, John, because I think Amazon says that you have to recalibrate the speaker no matter how you move it. Okay. So literally, if you moved it from one side of the room to the other, you would actually have to recalibrate it again. It's not like it knows intrinsically what it has to do. Right. Uh, It doesn't seem to be built in that way. Now, in fairness, with Sonos speakers, it's the same way. If you move a Sonos speaker, they advise that you recalibrate it when you do so. So it's the same situation here. And even when I did that, I tried it in different places. I, I just never really was sold on the tech. Uh, I, don't, I just don't think it's where Amazon is saying it is just yet. They're also pretty new in that kind of space as far as oh. you know, the, taking advantage of all the onboard microphones and everything else to sort of analyze that from an, uh, I hesitate to use like a pro audio level or a higher premium no, level. But you, but you know what? You pick the right words because that's actually exactly what they're going for here. Yeah. Pro audio is, is, is very much in play with the Echo Studio, largely because it supports 360 audio. So if, if people, you know, if listeners aren't familiar uh, or viewers aren't familiar, 360 audio is essentially, uh, it, it's like it sounds. It's basically propagating sound in a way that makes it seem like it's coming from different directions. Uh, and, and so... There is music that has been recorded and mastered in 360 audio. Uh, Tidal, for example, offers about a thousand songs right now that have that technology, which are compatible with the Echo Studio. However, in Canada, we do not have Amazon Music HD. So, what is considered HD audio or HD audio tracks are not available here like they are in the US. Those also would work on the studio, and presumably, they would benefit from some of the tech we're just, that we're talking about here. So just talking again about the uh, the multi-room aspect of this, I think a lot of people out there are starting to see that their Amazon Echo speakers are starting to propagate in their different rooms. Uh, and again, this new studio one's like kind of the big granddaddy or grandmama of them all as far as the quality. Um, what kind of interface are you using to to play the music. I know the nice thing about Sonos is they've got their own app and it makes it super easy to get all your subscription services and stuff in there uh, to access all your music. How are you doing it with the, uh, uh, the Amazon side? It's very easy, actually. So you can access the Echo Studio really from any app that you're playing music from, for the most part. So for example, if you're playing from Spotify, Spotify is a feature wherein any connected speaker is accessible through the app. So you can just do it that way. Or you can actually just talk to the speaker and tell it where you want it to play the music from. So if you're a, if you're a premium subscriber with Spotify, for example, you can ask for an artist, an album, a track, a playlist. Even if you created the playlist, it'll recognize what you called it, and it can play music from there. If you want it to shuffle, you can shuffle the tracks too. So whether you're using an app on your phone or using your voice, a lot of these things are accessible. Of course, there are limits. If you're an Apple Music subscriber, 
you're not going to be playing uh, any tracks by voice uh, through through the Echo Studio. So th- there are some limitations as far as that uh, as that goes. Ted, overall, and you've been in this business a long time. Uh, you've seen Sonos, you've seen Bose, you've seen all the the players out there. Uh, is this a good buy for someone that wants to you know start adding to their uh, speaker collection in their home? Well. It's interesting, right? Because if you're if you're saying adding or if you're if you're starting from scratch, it's I, I, they are kind of two different things. So if you are looking for a speaker that has Alexa because you like using Alexa, great. But recognize that you're also buying something that you you need to place in in, in a spot where you can enjoy the audio quality. This isn't one of the other Echo speakers where you're putting in a room and you're you know you're getting decent audio quality, but ultimately you're doing it because you just want Alexa in the room. This is this is going beyond that. So I would definitely look to get a studio and consider also maybe getting two of them, especially the second one maybe down the line when there's inevitably there's going to be a discounted price on it and you can get it for a little bit cheaper. You can get two Sonos ones for less money than two Echo Studios, but at the same time, if you wanted to add the sub, Sonos is far more expensive than Amazon is in that case. Yeah, so I think, I think it's a bit the, of a trade-off. Yeah, I think the sub goes for about 169 which is... Pretty reasonable yeah. for sub. The, yeah. the Sonos ones, a little bit more. Well, and that was the reason why I opted <laughs> to go with the Amazon e- ecosystem in the first place. Sonos is a great system, don't get me wrong, but it is a lot more expensive. Yeah, and this uh, now will basically do the same thing. And uh, it looks like they're trying to get more into the premium uh, speaker category. Ted, I want to thank you so much. Uh, Ted has actually written a, a great review of the Amazon Echo Studio up on our website, Get Connected Media. Dot com. He's going to be a regular contributor as well. Uh, so uh, don't hesitate to check it out and also comment on it. If it sucks, let us know. And this will be his last article ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm teasing you, uh, Ted. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, always a pleasure, guys. That was Ted Kritsonos uh, live from Toronto. When we come back from the break, it's all about beauty. How can we use technology to make us more beautiful, John? I'm sure we know someone that will help us with that. We've got Aaron Lawrence from TechGadgetsCanada.com to give us the lowdown. Back after this. You are back with Get Connected. Mike and John here. Let's talk beauty. We need all the help we can get, John. I'm sorry. You are a good-looking man, but I, I'm getting older. I need some help. I'm catching up with you. Well, technology can help us. And that's why we do a technology show. Uh, to talk about some of the latest uh, gadgets in uh, health and beauty, we've uh, got our good friend Erin Lawrence. She is uh, from Calgary, Alberta, and uh, has a great website, techgadgetscanada.com. And I think I've said that properly this time. I've got Erin Lawrence on the line. Thanks for joining us, Erin. Hi, you too. Thanks for having me. Uh, you've had a chance to try out a few different uh, beauty products, and I think these are probably aimed more at the, the female market. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess they could cross both ways or any way for that matter. Uh, let's chat about some of them. Uh, one of them that uh, I've actually uh, had uh, a chance to uh, bring in, I'm not trying it out, my wife is, is the, uh, the Dyson Airwrap. And I know a lot of uh, female friends uh, look at this thing and just drool. Uh, it's, I don't even know how to describe it. Can you describe it, Erin? Yeah, it. I guess it looks kind of like a curling iron crossed with a blow dryer. So it's a you know cylindrical device, and it's got this airflow that just 
goes through it and it grabs your hair. This this sounds like it shouldn't work, but amazingly it does. Grabs your hair, wraps it around the barrel and dries it and styles it at the same time. So it's got a few different attachments that you can put on if you want to use sort of a brush attachment just to dry and smooth your hair. If you want to get some curl to your hair, depending on the look you want, just change the attachment and Dyson takes care of it for you. So would this replace a blow dryer? Um, it's meant to be sort of an all-in-one tool. Dyson probably doesn't want you to completely replace your blow dryer, though, because they have the Dyson Supersonic, <laughs> which course, is yes. a the Cadillac of blow dryers, I would say. Yeah. Um, I had a chance to try that one, too, and it is... It's pretty outstanding. It actually really makes your hair a lot softer. I I don't know why. I don't really understand why. It has something to do with ions and static and everything else. Um, but it does a really, really good job and blow dries your hair a lot faster than average. Yeah, I don't need a blow dryer anymore. I just rub my head twice and my hair is dry. <laughs> <laughs> my, my girlfriend got the supersonic and she she said her life has changed. Yeah, my wife did too. I got it for Christmas uh, last year. And uh, she was so pissed off. We went traveling over to the UK. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, most devices will work, right? Just with the adapter, like all your electronics, everything. But the one big thing that won't work when you travel are blow dryers or hair dryers because the uh, the voltage is all different and they, they consume so much power. Yeah. So that's a valuable lesson out there. Uh, what type of hair does the, um, the Dyson Airwrap work on? That's a good question. I think it should work on most hair types, but it's definitely going to give you a smoother and wavier look. It's not going to give you that tight curl that you might get with a with a curling iron or a, a crimping iron, even if you're going to use something like that. Does it straighten hair as well? Yeah, it kind of gives it, I'm trying to explain what it's like when you get sort of a blow dry. Um, if you're using a big round brush and a blow dryer, it kind of just gives a smooth, it gives you volume, I think is what I'm trying to say. So it can give you that voluminous hair look or more of a, a beachy wave, I guess. So my next question is like, can normal people actually use this? You know, you are obviously very patient and into technology. Uh, you know, how, what's the learning curve in, in making this thing work? Pretty, pretty seamless because it's doing most of the work for you. But to your point about who can use this, yeah, you do need, I mean, with the air wrap in particular, you do need long enough hair for it to sort of grab and bend around the barrel. So, you know, that's, that's probably going to be a couple inches. If you've got short hair, um, it's, it's obviously going to do a bit of a different job. Uh, you can probably still use the blow or the um, brush rather attachment for it to dry your hair if you want to. But I mean, with that, you might want to change to something like the supersonic. Let's talk about some other uh, tech beauty products out there. What about uh, facials? Anything you got there, Aaron? Yes. So there's a new gadget, relatively new gadget out called the Foreo UFO. And what this device is, it's a small, almost puck-shaped gadget that has LED lights built into the bottom. And the different colors of LED light are supposed to have different properties for your skin. The other thing this device will do is it can warm up or cool down. And you pair the device with uh, special Korean formulated beauty mask serums, I guess, and a smartphone. So you get a box of these serums, open it up, scan the back with your smartphone, 
And the smartphone will tell the puck, the UFO, exactly what treatments to administer on your face. So if you're trying to get rid of the puffiness around the eyes, you might get a cooling sensation from this device. And it's meant to help that mask essence or those um, those serums penetrate a little better. And this, does this really work? Could I just use my Alexa Echo Dot? <laughs> <laughs> Rub it on my face. It's got LEDs in it. Get some kimchi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so you've tried. You've tried this, Aaron. I, I mean, I, I have tried it. I've seen so many of these things. Like you go on Amazon and type in facial technology. There's probably thousands of these crazy it, devices. And these boosts are a dime a dozen at CES. Yeah. So, so you've tried it, and it seems okay. I've tried it. I mean, this is what I said in my review, which it's posted on TechGadgetsCanada.com, but. I mean, while the, the process is enjoyable, the serums are, are nice. I mean, they smell nice. They feel nice. I feel good when they're done. Having that warming or even that cooling sensation from the UFO puck is a lot of fun. It's, it's really hard to know genuinely how much it is working or how much it's helping. I mean, you can anecdotally, you can say, well, my skin feels smoother or, you know, it's midwinter and it feels less dry, but it's really hard to measure. And they only work with Korean formulations? I imagine you could put just about any kind of lotion or cream on there, but in order for it to work properly, you do need the smartphone to activate it. And to get the smartphone to work, you do need to scan those masks. Very cool. Uh, any other uh, items you want to talk about? Yeah, a lot of people have been asking me lately about those vibrating face brushes, uh, face and body brushes. So do you need a special vibrating face brush to properly cleanse your face or to take all your makeup off? Um, there's a couple bigger ones out there that you'll probably see if you're shopping around for one of these. Clarisonic is one of them um, and Foreo is another. Initially, I was skeptical about these devices. I thought, you know, some good old soap and water or some cleanser and a washcloth is going to do just fine by me. But after trying it out for a couple months, I am a convert to um, the first brush I got, which is a Clarisonic Smart Profile. What this brush does is it vibrates with ultrasonic technology and a special soft brush for your face. So you can use your own cleanser or whatever you want on it. And it just digs down and gets gets at the dirt and the oil and the stuff clogging your pores a lot better. There's actually some people who say there's something called a clarisonic effect when using these devices. And what that means is that when you start using it, it's going to bring out so much of that dirt and those impurities that you're actually going to break out for a period of time. And then <laughs> I would put that, I would put that warning skin. on it too. <laughs> you're totally <laughs> covered for any, for any of that. So, uh, have you, have you tried these? Yes, I've yeah. tried them. I really like them. Um, cause the other thing they'll do too, is you can get a makeup brush attachment for the Clarisonic in particular, and you can use it to apply your makeup. So instead of, you know, rubbing your makeup on with a sponge or, you know, using just a standard brush, you can actually buff your foundation or your blush or your contour or whatever else you're wearing into your face using this brush. And it does a really great job. You get a really airbrushed finish. We're talking with Aaron Lawrence from TechGadgetsCanada.com, a fantastic website for all your lifestyle tech needs. Lots of reviews and uh, articles and blogs up there for you to check out. And you can see pictures of her and videos there as well to see if these beauty products truly work. <laughs> 
Right, Aaron? <laughs> yes, you absolutely can. Before and after. And you can come to our website to see how many beauty products we really need <laughs> to get working on us. Thanks for joining us, Aaron. Thanks for having me. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk here on Get Connected. Stay tuned. You are back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio. Well, as you know, uh, every year we send the team down to the biggest tech show uh, in the world, the Consumer Electronics Show, CES, every January. It's uh, it's like Christmas in January for us, uh, us nerds. Uh, you know, literally thousands upon thousands uh, of new technologies uh, coming out uh, for the year. Well, uh, to help us understand some of the tech trends that we'll be seeing at CES and also some trends for holiday season, we've uh, got Leslie Rohrbau. She is with the Consumer Technology Association. Uh, they are the folks that uh, produce the Consumer Electronics Show. Thanks for joining us, Leslie. Thanks for having me, Mike. Uh, before we get to... CES and the Consumer Electronics Show, you know, getting a little bit of a preview. Uh, holiday season is almost uh, upon us, and I just wondered if you uh, might be able to share some uh, holiday trends uh, that you've noticed this year. Yeah, sure. So what we're seeing overall is that roughly 186 million U.S. adults are planning to purchase tech gifts this season. And at the top of their list, you know, you name it, we see this year over year are the three screens, things like smartphones and televisions and laptops and and tablets. Um, but in terms of what they uh, intend to give this year, we're seeing a lot more around uh, content. A lot of content-related gifts are going to be popular this holiday season. We're finding that 71% are planning to purchase at least one gift within this category. And this includes things like video game gifts, but also things like uh, streaming entertainment services like Netflix, Spotify, Pandora. So that's something that's going to be new this season are these content-related gifts. Well, it kind of makes sense. Uh, there's uh, a bunch of new subscription services uh, out now. Obviously, there's uh, uh, Disney Plus, uh, one of the, the big guys. Uh, Apple TV Plus has uh, launched uh, as well. Uh, so you're saying people will buy gift cards uh, for these subscription services and give them out to their friends and family? Yeah, that's what we're finding. And, you know, the really nice thing about these uh, gifting these subscriptions is that those who are gifting them can kind of pick and choose what level of gift they want to give. So that they want to give them a one month subscription or a whole year, they have that option as well. So it's almost like a new take on gift cards. Very, very cool. Any uh, tech gadgets that uh, are hot this year for Christmas? You know, overall we see, again, the screen being hot every year, but um, wireless earbuds and headphones are going to be huge this season. We see them um, as one of the top gifts people are actually going to give others this season. It's uh, actually at number one when we look at the top five list. But um, a lot of the gifts that people are planning to give others include those kind of accessories that go with the big screens that we're so used to. So, again, headphones and earbuds for your smartphone or uh, mobile device case, portable battery charger, since we always have our devices on the go now. Uh, those are going to be quite hot. Um, video game discs, again, content's going to be big. And then also portable wireless speakers. A lot of people uh, are planning on giving those uh, this season as well. Very cool. Let's uh, switch gears and talk a little bit about uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, uh, happening in the beginning of January. I've uh, got the team ready to, uh, to pounce and get down there to, to cover it. What are some of the big trends uh, that uh, we'll, be, we'll be seeing this, this year? Well, this year it's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, we look at the show every year and we kind of think, what's what's the next theme? What's the new what's the new deal? And we're finding that we're in this kind of new state of IoT. So we're merging from this Internet of Things 
civilization to this intelligence of things. So not only are things smart anymore, but things are intelligent. So throughout the show, we're going to see a lot of what we term ingredient technology. So uh, artificial intelligence-based uh, devices. So you'd be hard-pressed not to see a, a product on the show floor that's not AI-powered or has some sort of AI uh, component built into it. Um, but also uh, connectivity is uh, is obviously huge too. So we'll hear a lot around 5G as well. Well, it's interesting. Over the past few years, uh, we've seen a bit of a battle between some of the big giants, uh, including uh, Amazon and Google with their uh, smart assistant technology. You know, they've got artificial intelligence built into that as well. Is that continuing? Yeah, we'll continue to see that um, on, on the show floor. Uh, both will be there um, in addition to others as well. Um, what's really interesting is seeing what's next within these spaces because, we, you know, we, we're so used to seeing things like smart speakers and other voice power devices, but we're also seeing a lot of uh, emergence in, in, in the B2B space or the more uh, non-consumer facing areas. So thinking about artificial intel- intelligence within healthcare, digital health. Um, so it's, it's, it's a really great place to see how the entire tech ecosystem comes together and all these technologies kind of blend among all of the different verticals. What I found interesting as well over the past uh, few years is uh, the sheer amount of uh, automotive tech uh, as well. Uh, one of the halls is just full of cars and uh, technology uh, uh, around them. Are we going to see that to continue to grow? Yeah, so vehicle technology at CES this year, we're expecting almost 150 exhibitors in this space including 10 of the major auto manufacturers, everyone from Audi and BMW to Ford and Honda, Mitsubishi, uh, they'll all be there um, showing various types of vehicle technology. So that's not just autonomous vehicles and self-driving cars, but also things like multimodal transportation. So we see a lot of scooters on the road these days and and all these uh, smart bikes out there. So we'll see some advancements in those spaces as well. I'm hoping there's a scooter that I can talk to and tell it to uh, basically ride me to my next destination. <laughs> hey, you might find it at the show this year. <laughs> well, that's the exciting thing. And, you know, how big is it going to be this year? Have you got a sense of that yet? So right now we're expecting um, over 175,000 industry attendees and almost 3 million net square feet. So it's quite a large show. It's uh, in multiple buildings within Las Vegas. And, you know, it's, it's, it's great every year, so I can't wait. We're talking with uh, Leslie Warbaugh. She is with the Consumer Technology Association, giving us uh, a little sneak peek at the Consumer Electronics Show and some uh, holiday tech trends. Thanks for joining us today, Leslie. Yeah, thanks for having me. We come back from the break. More tech to talk here on Get Connected. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. It's Amazon Alexa Skill of the Week time. John, what do you got? This time it's a skill for an Echo device with a screen. Okay. The Echo Spot or the Echo Show 5 or That's 8. That's right. Yeah. You know the fireplace that we all love on our TVs? You can put that on your display. Get out. Yes. Alexa, open fireplace. It's a HD screensaver for your Echo Show or Echo Spot device. It plays three hours of relaxing open wood fire and it's perfect for Christmas. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And do you have to uh, download that skill or it just nope. works? just say open fireplace. I love if, living in the future. If only you had an Echo Show. I know, right? Yeah. 
par- <laughs> paranoid guy. That's all the time we have left. Don't forget to visit getconnectedmedia.com to check out our video podcasts of this show and also our app show every uh, week here on Global News Radio, CKNW 980. This is Mike Graham and John logging off. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.